All right. So when you saw this episode title come up in your podcast listening app or however you're listening to our podcast, did that title alone make you pause? Oh, wait, you got to read it out loud. I want to hear you say the title. The History of the N-Word in America. How'd that make you feel? I'm curious. Right. Okay. Well, then this episode about the N-Word is for you then. And white people, you keep asking us what you can do differently to be more anti-racist. So we're spending the summer going through things in a bite-sized way so that we know the basics around the most commonly asked questions and issues around racism that we see in this country. And again, we'd like to emphasize that this is not a checklist. This is simply a primer. And if you would like more, including a lot more about this, go buy our book, Dear White Women, Let's Get Uncomfortable Talking About Racism, which is full of people's stories, real history, and action steps for you to take. Welcome to the Dear White Women podcast. We're your biracial Japanese and white hosts, Sarah and Misasha. We've been best friends for 25 years, ever since we met as undergrads at Harvard. Darn it. I think we're going to have to update that to 26 years pretty soon. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> right now, Misasha is a lawyer. She's married to a black man and has very mixed race boys that the world sees as black. I am a life coach. I'm married to a white Canadian man, and I have two white presenting girls. And together, Misasha and I help white women use their privilege to uproot systemic racism without centering themselves in the process. All right. So I want to start with this question because I think it highlights why we have to have this discussion and why this episode is so necessary. So Sarah, this is coming to you. What is the biggest pushback that you hear from white people when it comes to the N-word and why? Mm. So, well, two different things. One, the biggest pushback that I think I hear is, but really, like they say it in songs. Why can't we sing it then? Mm. And then, but black people use it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I hear, you know, the most of the time when I talk about the N word in our, in the work that you and I do me, Sasha, it's like when I'm talking to groups, when we're doing our speaking gigs and I am emphasizing to parents, especially parents of non-black kids that they have to teach their kids the N word super young and tell them never, ever, ever to use it. But people kind of look at me with this sort of like shocked look when I say like even in elementary school, kids are using and hearing this word. And I want you to go into that more later. So I don't want you to tell the full thing now, but no, I think it's those sorts of like, but, but kind of like, why are you telling me what to do about this sort of response? Yeah, I get that. And what I was going to say is I think it comes from people not understanding what the N word really means. Right. And so you know, and I think it's important to start this discussion before we get into what practical tips we have a little bit about the origin of the N-word, because this isn't a new word, right? There are several accounts, you know, sort of firsthand accounts from the, the first slaves brought to the New World from Africa in 1619. And they report that the word Niger was used to refer to their skin color, which is sort of the alteration of some of the Romance language words like negra for the color black. So slave traders were said to use this word, you know, sort of in a patronizing fashion and with some derogatory meaning, which highlights, I might add, that there was never a positive spin or even a remotely neutral spin on this word, literally ever, because that goes against some current theories that the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition of this term as a, quote, hateful racist epithet is just a more modern definition, with an alternate definition being, quote, an ignorant person. You know, because Black people weren't allowed to go to school in the U.S. for a really long time. 
So people say that people are trying to defend the use of the N-word by saying that it's just referring to an ignorant person. Well, they're saying that this wasn't such a hateful word, Mm. right? Like there were other alternate meanings. And P.S. that is not correct. That's wrong. There has never been an alternate, more palatable definition for this word ever. And now we're fast forwarding a little to the 1800s. Slave owners definitely use this word to refer to their slaves, according to first person accounts from that time period. And if you're thinking about this word over time, the N-word has different endings, depending on who says it, right? And those different endings, the hard ER versus the open, came from different dialects and languages as some African slaves could not pronounce that hard ending, right? But there is a quote, I think, from the book that is the best from our book, I should say. When I say the book, I just assume everyone knows what book I'm referring to. (laughs) I love that we can hear the pages flipping that you're actually opening our book. Do you love it? I'm like right up here with that. Okay. So this is a quote from Jabari Assam, who is an Emerson College literature professor and author of The N-Word, Who Can Say It, Who Shouldn't, and Why? It's impossible to separate the word from various manifestations of white supremacy. Racist violence against Black people has seldom been implemented without the recitation of the N-word at the same time, right? I think that's really, really important to place this word and the hate behind this word in context because, you know, we were just talking about slave owners using that word, but it wasn't just slave owners. Like, if you think back, and this one, like, in particular gets me because it showed up in nursery rhymes, right? So you've got white parents and white kids saying things like eeny meeny miny mo yeah catch an n-word by his toe if he hollers let him go eeny meeny miny mo and i know that's not the version hopefully that we are saying today but i mean that is what that nursery rhyme originally was and you've got kids and parents just saying that like it's no big deal right you've got presidents using that word in the past supreme court justices And they all did it super freely and casually because you can do that if you ignore the hate behind the word. Yikes. But I don't think we can do that. No, not once you know, you know better, you wouldn't do that. So I guess I want to ask, what can we we do about this? What can we do as parents and as friends and colleagues? You know, I think it's important. I was starting to say this stuff before, but like share the words history with your kids and you have to teach them to never, ever, ever ever say that word, even in a song. Louder for the people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I think you have a great story of how early this shows up in your kids' lives, right? Yeah. I started to talk about it a little bit before, but I think, you know, when you think about having this talk with your non-Black kids, I think that's why we also say it's important to start your kids' lives by talking with them about race, right? Like you're talking to them already about their hair or about people who have wrinkles or about people in a wheelchair, you know, how strong they are, how fast they are. You're talking about people's bodies. You have to also remember that they show up with a skin tone. Every single one of us has a skin tone. And unlike when my kids were little, there are now skin color crayons that are made that make it so easy for children growing up now as a tool to understand that they have a skin tone. You set the stage because then as they get a little older into elementary school, you can start layering in conversations about racism, right? The idea that people are judged based on the color of their skin. And I think it's really important as parents, especially because this is not taught at schools throughout our country in the same way, right? If you live in the South in certain states, 
they may only learn about slavery maybe a handful of times, like barely in passing. Whereas if you in like a Massachusetts or in, in other states, we have seen that the K through 12 curriculum talks about slavery over a hundred times. So I think as parents, in order to make sure our kids know what's what, we need to talk to them about the existence of slavery and tell them that there was this one word that was associated with a person who owned another person based on the color of their skin and they would control them and hurt them and use them for their free labor. And they would call them this N-word. And that's why there is never another word that can hurt another human being that can be as absolutely dehumanizing as the N-word is. And then I think it's awful, but you have to say the word one time and one time only and make sure your kid knows that you're telling them this word so that they never use it. They only help the people who might have been in a situation that it, where they're called that. But you emphasize like not even in song, just say, skip that part, right? Like you're rapping along, you're doing, you're singing along, whatever. You don't say it. You don't. And I think it's important to also say to the kids, but if there are black kids who are saying that to each other and that's how they communicate, like that's their business. That's not how you are allowed to be if you are not black, because that's people potentially taking back their own power. And there's a lot of conversations in the black community where certain circles don't like the N-word, no matter what, that's not our place to make that judgment. So I think it's long, but I think we have to say something like this to our kids, because for me, by the time my daughter was in third grade, I had already had this conversation with her and she came home from school one day and was like, mommy, so-and-so was called the N-word at school today. And it's so important. When I tell my black friends this story or people who know black people, they're like, yeah, yeah, that's about right. When I had told my white friends this story, they were like, oh, no, the N word in elementary school. I love the drama behind that. Yes. Uh, me, I'm not dramatic at all. I don't know if you picked up on that. <laughs> so I guess that's a way of saying that like, we're sharing this because you may not have Black friends that you're having this conversation with, you may not understand that this is actually happening, but I'll tell you what, you definitely don't want your kid to be the one using the N-word and harming another human being with this word. And so please have that conversation. It is so important because this word exists. This word is being used currently. And I would much rather we all look out for each other, eliminate it from and take back the power by just not using it whenever we can. And to add one thought onto that, I think that this is especially important for all parents of non-Black kids to have this conversation because as the parent of Black sons, I wait for that day when, and to be very clear, when, not if, they're going to be called the N-word. And I am looking at you parents to make sure that your kids will be standing there next to my boy, you know, when he is called that. And you will be that upstander, right, in that moment. You may change the entire trajectory of his life at that point. And there is such power and such agency in that. So I'm asking for your help with this. You've just listened to the Dear White Women podcast with your hosts, Sarah and Misasha. Yes, we're on social media. And yes, you can hire us to do talks about our book. But the biggest thing, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter to receive our free materials. Head over to DearWhiteWomen.com to get on the list. <laughs>